Welcome to the X Plus One Podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to Him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and welcome to episode number 10 of our series, Studying Humility. Now, I haven't uploaded this series in a while. I haven't uploaded it in the past couple weeks. That's because of busyness I've had at school, but I'm back. We're back. And for those of you who do not remember, two weeks ago, we left off highlighting the importance of serving in regards to humility. We discussed that the positional value of serving God is our highest liberty, or in other words, our greatest freedom. And today I want to continue looking at ways that we can specifically grow in humility. So a few weeks ago, we talked about dying to self and how that was a key, the key to growing in humility. I then chose to talk about the importance of serving God as I believe that is a tremendous example, a tremendous way of dying to self, which leads to humility. And over the next two weeks, I'm going to continue to look at and speak on scripture that continues to lead us closer to that death to self that we need in order to grow in humility. Now, disclaimer, the only and proper reaction to God's presence and revelation of his holy character is that of humility. If you have truly encountered the Lord, experienced his goodness, his presence, his perfect character, his holiness, your response will be that of humility. It just will. There is no other possible response. You cannot, you cannot experience the presence and holiness of God and be drawn to self. It's not possible. Now, I want to take you through three separate examples of this point in scripture, one in the book of Isaiah, one in the book of Job, and another in the book of Revelation. So firstly, let's look at Isaiah chapter 6. This truly is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it gives us a fantastic visual of who God is and also who we are in light of him, along with the proper response to an encounter with the Lord. So initially, this chapter gives us a great visual of who God is. Isaiah writes, verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now let me describe this scene to you. God is sitting upon a throne high and lifted up with the end of his robe filling the whole temple. He is in a position of authority and power. Furthermore, there are seraphim standing above him. The seraphim, for those of you wondering, are angels. But they aren't just any angels. They are the highest ranking angels. They are the holiest of beings. Yet, verse 3, even they call to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hello, even the holiest of beings, who, as the following verse says, had a voice so powerful that, that the foundations of the threshold shook when they called, acknowledged that they fall in comparison to the holiness of our God, who is seated upon a throne. Even these beings covered their faces and their feet in the presence of the Lord. If that be the response of the holiest and the highest of angels, what does that mean ours should be? Well, Isaiah shows us in verse 5, he says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Wow, what a depiction 
of how we ought to respond in the presence of God. Woe is me, for I am lost, a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Woe is me. In the revelation of God's holiness in his presence, Isaiah was humbled. He saw his iniquity, his imperfection, his sin. He recognized his nothingness in light of Almighty God. Now, none of us have seen the Lord the way Isaiah did. So that may, that may leave you wondering, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for us? It means that in the light, in the revelation of the living God, that is that he exists that he is real, that he is holy, holy, holy. Our response is that of humility and desperate need for God. Our response is thus, that we are lost, that we are unclean, meaning that we are deserving of death and eternity of shame in the depths of hell. But the story doesn't end with Isaiah's accurate assessment of self, which, if you've been tracking in this series, is that we are nothing in God is all. The story goes on, verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Now, this is so beautiful to me, and I will have to do a podcast on this in full detail sometime in the future. But in light of Isaiah's sin, God forgave him. And in light of the great immeasurable extent of God's grace, Isaiah wanted and desired to be sent to share his experience with others. We should be no different than Isaiah. In Christ, we have had our guilt taken away, our sin atoned for. We ought to go forth and share the grace that we have received. Anyways, that aside, what do I want you to learn from Isaiah here? I want you to learn that the only improper reaction to God's presence and revelation of his holy character is that of humility. That we are nothing and God is all. Now let's further this idea by looking at Job. In Job chapter 42, the Lord had just finished challenging Job over his contention with him. This is because in Job chapter 31, verses 35 through 40, Job very much wants to complain before the Lord over his circumstance. But in light of the revelation of God's glory and his power, Job responds to the Lord in verses 5 and 6 of chapter 42 saying, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In verse 5, there is a distinction between the hearing of God's word and the seeing of him. In modern terms, this is the difference between hearing the word of God and personally experiencing the presence of God. As one commentary puts it, this reminds us that the most powerful aspect of Job's encounter with God was not primarily what God said, but God's simple, loving, powerful presence with Job that changed him most profoundly. Well, what exactly did the revelation of the presence of God and holiness change about Job? It humbled him. It brought him to repentance. That phrase, I despise myself, in this context 
could be rendered as, I take back what I said, which again was that he wanted to contend with God. He recognized his sin and was brought to repentance. Now for you, despising yourself means recognizing the sins of your ways, which could include the sinful deeds that you have committed, or maybe it is the words of your mouth that are crooked, just like Job. No matter what it is, the point is, after revelation of God's presence and his holiness, we are drawn to repentance. We are drawn to humility before God. So what do I want you to learn from Job here? I want you to learn that the only improper reaction to God's presence and revelation of his holy character is that of humility. That we are nothing and God is all. Lastly, let's look at the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4. This chapter that I'm about to read to you gives us an incredible image of what heaven looks like. Insight into the throne room and the actions of those who are in the presence of the living God. I'll pick up verse 2 with who is believed to be John, disciple of Jesus, writing. He says, At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Sounds familiar Isaiah chapter 6, right? Now, as I keep reading, I really encourage you, I really want you to imagine this scene vividly in your head. Verse 3, And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on those thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle, in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Wow. Wow. Look at the glory of God as depicted in these verses. A rainbow with the appearance of an emerald around the throne. Flashes of lightning and peals of thunder coming forth from the throne. Seven torches of fire before the throne representing the Holy Spirit. With four crazy unimaginable creatures around the throne with eyes in the front and the back of their heads. Never ceasing to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With 24 elders clothed in white, falling on their knees before, their th before the Lord, casting their crowns to him, saying, 
Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. This place is almost beyond imagination. It is a place of nonstop worship before the Lord, a place filled with his glory. I so desperately hope that you, that I, can begin to even grasp in the slightest the glory of God as depicted in these verses. I truly think they escape the greatest of our imaginations. If we could, though, if we could imagine it, if we could grasp the glory of God in these verses, we would be led to give him more praise, to worship him, and to lose ourselves. In light of God's holiness, his presence, and his power, we die to self. Did you see John at all in those verses? He's the one who wrote them. No, you didn't. Did you see yourself? No, you didn't. If you were imagining the scene, as I encourage you to do, you only saw the immense glory of God. That is a full circle moment right there. We have talked about just a few weeks ago the dying to self, and there is no easier way to do that than by immersing yourself in seeking after the holy presence of God every single day. Why? Because you lose yourself. You lose yourself through greater immersion into God's holiness and character. You humble yourself. You lose the ability to be prideful when your focus is on that of your creator. The only improper reaction, the only improper reaction to God's presence and revelation of his holy character is that of humility. To see that we are nothing and God is all. Now, if you've listened this far and you're at a point where you understand that we can grow in humility through the revelation of God's holiness, but you're like, Luke, I don't know how, I don't understand how, I encourage you to seek the Lord, to ask for him, to pursue God and ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask for his presence. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. God wants to reveal himself to you. He will answer your prayers. He is not hiding from you. Seek him, ask for him, but understand that in doing so, that in revelation of God's presence and his holy character, in answer to that prayer, you will be humbled. You will be humbled. Know that. We grow in humility through greater revelation of God's holiness. I will see you all next week. God bless.